Hi everyone, I'm Karina Gantus, host of Behind the Pen, and you're listening to the podcast. Enjoy. to see your host for Behind the Pen. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I am an author of 14 books. I'm also a podcaster and a booktuber. I run Author Assist, which helps authors with their marketing and promotion. And I also the host of the Author Assist radio show on the Artist First Radio Network. Huge thanks to the today's sponsor, um, Authors Paradise. It's a Booksagram page on Instagram. She loves to post anything to do with books. So thank you so much for being the sponsor of the show. That's Instagram.com, author underscore paradise underscore. My guest today is uh, Mary uh, Savarese. Uh, welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here with you, Karina. So I normally say to my guests, um, what do you do with your pen? But I can actually see in your screen that you are an author. (laughs) Yes, I am. And I'm an award-winning author and speaker. And I am an author that loves to write with quirky titles. As you could see, my first novel behind me, Tiger. Love bubble bats and obsession perfume. Who knew? Yeah, absolutely bonkers title. Um, everyone's asking, is there an actual tiger in a bubble bath in the story? And apparently there is. So you need to go out and uh, to uh, read it and find out what this is about. But uh, I think if I remember right from talking with you uh, on the uh, radio show that it's a mystery, supernatural type book? It, yes, it is a mystery romance with a supernatural twist. And yes, there is very much a tiger theme um, in the novel and it is the climax. And, okay. and my, uh, my publisher also said to me, Mary, please tell me that uh, there is a tiger in a bubble bath who has, you know, who likes upset. I said, absolutely, there is. But I've gotten such wonderful feedback with the title. And there's this true story around it that I would love to share with your audience. Yes, please do. Well, several years ago, I had the opportunity of visiting a wildlife reserve in St. Augustine, Florida. And this um, reserve was, is very much a home for old cats. You might call it an old folks home. And it's big cats such as lions, tigers, cougars, jaguars. And they're brought here after they're um, finished with possibly a TV show or a movie, or even people that have had them as pets. And they're brought to this reserve. And on the tour, the last stop 
I came, I come up to this vat 15 feet wide, five feet high, overflowing with bubbles. And <laughs> I wondered, what is this? Who's going to be jumping into it? The wildlife handler, what? And out, Karina, out comes this incredible creature, a 600 pound Siberian tiger walks across the plank, looks as though he's taking a robe off, slips into these overflowing bubbles, and then looks at the wildlife handler, and she sprays obsession perfume on his tongue, and he laps it up like a cocktail. And uh, Karina, I stood there in such awe, and I said, this is the title of my next novel. And I wrote a mystery romance with a spiritual twist around it. Crazy, unbelievable. It's just amazing what inspires you though. Anything during the day, something you see, something you watch, something you read, inspires you to, to a title of a book, and then you write the book. It's always- oh, I you know, some people do the other way, but I'm the same. Sometimes I come up with a title and then I've got to write the book about it. Exactly. And that's the way I work. Uh, the first thing that inspires me is a title. So if you love the title of Tigers, just wait till I tell you about my next upcoming book that'll be published this um, in August, the title and how that came about. There's a whole story that goes along with that as well. Well, let's just, um, just go back to the first book. I can see okay. three um, badges on. So what uh, yes. was the awards for? I am um, very honored and very humbled because one of the things as an author, we would love to see that the book um, is appreciated in the sense of possibly given an award. Mm -hmm. So um, I, Tigers Love Bubble Bats and Obsession Perfume, who knew, has won many. It's received um, five stars from readers favorites. It's won an international royal dragonfly for debut as well as for mystery fiction. Um, recently, I became the recipient of the International Eric Hoffer Award, and that again was for um, small press for mystery. And um, I believe there was one more um, grand prize shortlist. So it's very humbling. And also on top of that, I'm trying to remember NIEA award also for the supernatural fiction. So um, wow. yeah, there are several things that have come through that are, are very, um, just very humbling and very appreciative. For so are you published with a contract or are you a self-published author? I am published with a contract. My first publisher, Tigers, um, is with um, Kohler Books. And my trilogy that will be published this summer is with a new publishing house and both are con um, traditional publishing with contracts. But Karina, it took me a long, long time to become published over 10 years. Did you get many rejections or was it like very <laughs> quick? Uh, yeah, we'll take that book. Oh, oh yeah, Karina, it was so quick. It was overnight, 10 years. <laughs> did you really, no. did you really submit for 10 years? 
Well, I, what I started to do, and you realize you write a manuscript and you submit and a little, I'd say a little slightly over 10 years ago, we still had snail mail and they still would actually look at your manuscripts and um, possibly give you a little jotted note. Well, that went by the wayside, but I did collect all those notes. Some were very encouraging. And that first manuscript went through a life of two years, just sending it out to everybody, How rejection many? after rejection. So, How oh many my gosh, I, 50, I would say 50. That was my first manuscript. Thank I, you. I beat you, you on you that. I beat you on that. <laughs> I had about, I think, 120 rejections on in times of violence, my first manuscript, before I decided to do it alone, I just like, no, now, I, of course, I'd love an agent. I'd love to be traditionally published. I have contracts with small presses. I'm happy with that. Yes. I'm going to carry on doing that. I'm also self-published with my other books. Again, I'm happy with the way that is. But at that time, everything was paperback. There was no Kindle, yes. no ebook. And so everyone was it. looking for that agent. They were looking for that publisher. So I think I yes. gave up after about 150 and decided to do it alone. So, uh, yes. so uh, 50 is pretty good to, to get your first uh, acceptance. Yeah. And, and, right. And, and at that point, what you do is, you, as you know, you have to build a thick skin and you move on. You mm -hmm. start writing more manuscripts mm -hmm. and you still and I continued sending out. And then again, the um, publishing world began to change and where it was snail mail, everything then became um, just send it to us. Right. Email. But again, then I received email rejections and it wasn't until my fourth manuscript, Tiger's Love Bubble Baths and obsession perfume who knew that I had an interest from three published three small publishing houses at the time so I would thought that you were sending the tiger book out in all that time and got 50 rejections before you were accepted but you were sending other manuscripts as well to other publishers yes as I said, um, Tigers was my fourth manuscript and it was um, different than the three previous because Tigers was the fiction mystery romance and the three prior to that were more in the fantasy adventure category. So it was this fourth one. And with Tigers, uh, what happens, as you know, one other doors may close, but other doors do open up for you. And, um, and so, then I proceeded now, my next novel is a fantasy adventure. So you've got three small presses that are interested in your book. So you send them the full manuscript now and the synopsis, of course. I yes. hated doing synopsis for publishers because you have to give away everything. You have to tell them yes. the twist. You have to tell them the ending, you know, and I hate writing that. And, and letting them know what's going to happen before they open the book. So what happened when you gave your manuscript over to these three that wanted to read it? What happened then? Well, as we all know, publishers take their time. <laughs> and um, so really the first two um, came through very quickly and said, we want to work with you. Um, and uh, I believe the, the first one said, well, we, we want to work with you, but we're going to have to punch it up to several other editors. 
and it was still, we're interested, but you had no contract. The second publisher that came in, they very much wanted to move quickly and and wanted to give me a contract. So after I checked them out, I felt very comfortable. They were giving me a traditional contract and um, I signed with them. And then the third one finally did come in. But at that point, they just wished me luck because I signed. Yes. That's brilliant. You have to strike... We have to strike while the iron is hot. Yeah, you don't. I mean, they're keeping you waiting, but you can't keep them waiting, unfortunately, because yes. doors do close. Um, so this publisher, how did they help you with the release of the book? Um, they, they, they do help you with um, some marketing um, help. But as an author, we are marketing ourselves basically through our author website, as you know, and through nowadays it's social media and the publisher that's taken away some of the marketing help they used to give you because they rely more on you to um, promote yourself via your social media. And you have to have, as you know, you have to have all of that in place, even before they begin to look at you. It's not just uh, Oh, you've got a great book and I've just read it and I really want to give you a contract but I want to know how many people you have on Twitter I want to know how many people you yes. have on Facebook they want to know that you've got that fan base ready for when that book is published it's wrong to how it used to be how it's changed now the industry it's wrong that it's fell onto us because we now have to separate our writing with our marketing. Yes. We're splitting ourselves in two when we should be concentrating on writing and getting that next book out. And they should be the ones who do the marketing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree with you, Karina, 100%. We have to divide our time between, um, and that's how I do it. I write in the morning, in the afternoon, I'm promoting myself via social media or trying to um, pitch to various podcasts and TV show, uh, TV programs or um, radio. And um, with you, with your book, I mean, who's your ideal reader for your first book? For um, Tiger's Love, Bubble Bats, and Obsession Perfume, who knew? I would say the ideal reader is both men and women, 35 plus, Mm. because basically the title is a metaphor, and where these, um, the tiger was tossed aside, so is my protagonist, Angie Pantera. She is tossed aside like an old shoe after 25 years of marriage for a younger version. And she begins anew. So with a little bit of a wish and some feathers, um, she then has to start a new life. But guess what? Starting over can be murder. And Mm. poor Angie, my poor Angie has to deal with not just one murder, but murder after murder after murder. Wow. That sounds very exciting. <laughs> Before um, we start talking about your, your next book, your trilogy, um, the other question I wanted to ask is, when did it start for you? I mean, you had all these manuscripts laying around, then you started submitting to publishers, trying to find an agent. Uh, but how long, how old were you when you started writing, when you got the bug? 
Oh, middle age. My children were, I have three children and they were heading off to college. And that's when I had the, I've always had these ideas to write and everything was always put on the back burner. So finally, middle age, I decided, let me try, but you have to prove to yourself you can write a manuscript. And what is a manuscript? At minimum, 70,000 words. Some publishers want more than that. So you're looking at about 300 pages. And um, it's, you know, again, it's a trying experience for an author, but it's sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. And when you think about it, if you write a page a day, by the end of the year, you can have a book. And it gave me such joy and such pleasure. And it was such a passion of mine that um, it just kept me going. And I always thought, boy, if I could never get published, although, the, as we said, the technology has changed in recent years, self-publishing has come a long way that, you know, I, I just love to put the pen to, well, I should say I love to work on my laptop. <laughs> I'm pen to and paper. I'm of the old yes. fashioned way. I do pen to paper and then I go onto my laptop. So yeah. I have pads and pads in bags and suitcases from the last 27 years. I, I, I started it, young. I started young, me. Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's what works best for you. And I started that way too. I wrote on, I wrote into a book. And then when I was, the first time I was editing and I transferred to, to editing it on the laptop, I enjoyed, it seems like my thoughts could come out faster on the laptop as I was writing. So I stuck with it. Mm. See, I had to go out uh, to different places, different cafes, and just as people walking around and listen to music. And, and so that's why I had my dictaphone. I had my notepad mm -hmm. and note pen. And every time I'd go to sleep, I'd put my pad beside my pen and beside my bed. And when you're in the zone and you have to write, it doesn't matter what time it is. You get up and you write because yes. that's when the gold comes out. So if I wake up with a, a scene in my head for the book that I'm currently writing, I will start writing at five, four in the morning on that pad. And I'll probably look at it in the next day, not be able to read my own writing. But you yes. have to get it out of your head once it's there, you know, once the characters start screaming at you. Has that happened with you? Do they talk to you like they do with other authors? I, after I have the title, I do have a general concept, but then I begin by creating each character and I become each of my characters because then you can delve into their personality, what motivates them? How do I wanna bring them from here or there? But I love what you said. You, I mean, I can just see you sitting in the cafe and watching and you're creating characters, seeing wonderful, beautiful people, quirky people walking by. And we, we do get ideas that way. And I would carry, I do, I carry around a notebook that I put my ideas into and my titles and characters that I may use in the future. Perfect. Because, I mean, we come up with ideas that we, maybe we can't use for that book we're working on, but we could use it later on. So we have Absolutely. to keep these notebooks because they yes. really, they are the gold. They come in handy. So yes. 
this um I was lucky enough to first of all speak with you about this fantasy and to also do a short narration from the uh, book. It's so exciting, so unusual. And the title again, quirky, unusual, never heard of a book called this before. <laughs> Would you like to tell the listeners and the viewers what your next book is called? I would absolutely love to tell my audience, and it was an honor for me to have you read my prologue and um, chapter one. And again, quirky title, backstory to it, The Girl in the Toile Wallpaper. Now, your audience knows what toile is. We see Maybe it in not. our daily lives. Maybe not. Maybe you <laughs> okay. should describe what toile is. Okay, well, if you can see behind me a little bit, you can see right there. But toile is um, fabric or wall covering that tells a story. And it's usually two very um, brilliant colors on a background. And it can be architectural. It can show a village. It can show people. Like, oh, look just, at that. I can just... Yeah, that's beautiful. But, but you see fabric wall coverings, you see curtains, you see dresses. And um, this type is called toile and toile originated in um, toile de joie in France. And it was during the um, mid 1700s. I was going to say that it's very yes. old fashioned. The design is yes. old fashioned. And when you see it, you, you feel the age of of the design, even though it's still around now and it's still being used. Oh, and it's so beautiful. But you know, Karina, you have modern versions of it. You can have a historical aspect. You can have, as like on my author website where I have you featured, the, the toile is um, a jungle scene, but it can be modern day, yeah, but it did begin in that time period where you, your dancers were colonialish, or again, it tells a story. And for me, the story was, I have toile in several of my rooms. And there was one room in particular I would walk into and it, it would just capture me. And the colors were so vibrant on a red background, but I saw romance and I saw betrayal and I saw a story there of a girl and um and 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 that became um further that it became generational and it involved present day and it takes you back a bit because she is in the toile wallpaper and she does need to be rescued and um, it's just a fantasy adventure. I, I truly believe life is too real at points, you know, mm -hmm. and we need to step into something that brings us into a fantasy um, adventure and takes us on a journey. So that toile took me on a journey. And then that was where my protagonist came from. And my antagonist came from another toile. So. <laughs> So um, I know from the first book what's happening and what's going on, but you've, you, you're doing a trilogy. Is the trilogy going to be all about this adventure with this girl in the wallpaper or is the second book going to be a different um, 
plot, a different storyline, but still connection to the first book. Yes, um, yes, this trilogy, the second book takes a theme from The Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper that's mentioned throughout the um, whole novel. And that is then, um, it's called Star Writers. And the trilogy is the Star Writers trilogy. But the second book, and they'll be published a year apart. The second book, although I don't have a title, maybe something like the Star Writers Club or something in, in that. But then the third in the trilogy will be a sequel. And that will bring back the major, major characters that I that have developed in the first novel. And the third one will be called um, Return the Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper. And that will be um, that will have some funny moments in it, actually. So. so so you've got the first one done and it's coming out in August and the third one, yes. you've already got a title and you know the plot. But the middle one, no title yet. Not really well, sure. I have a title as an author. It doesn't mean that the publisher will accept that title because they do come in and they change things. Oh, yeah. But that manuscript um, is almost complete. So, and I've just begun the third manuscript for the oh. trilogy. Wow. So always a work in process. Do you think... Um, once the, the, the first book comes out in August, do you think by the time it's the second book's ready that you'll make any more changes to the storyline of the second or the third book? Or do you think you're, it's uh, going to be exactly like it is? Oh, oh, as you say, it's always uh, a work in progress. And we know, and you know, once you begin with a creative editor, they come in, they slash, <clears throat> they have different ideas of where they think the story should go. So I have a manuscript, but what does that mean? <laughs> I, I it love, means a, I, I a lot a, of work. Yeah, I have a love and hate relationship with my editor. Yep. I love her to bits because she makes the manuscript come alive. I do the writing, I do the plot, the characters are there, but she's the one who sees the plot holes, sees the inconsistencies, sees uh, where um, something should be added or something should be taken away. We don't see that. It's the editor that yes. finds all that. And then I have the, the hate relationship. When you get your manuscript back the first time, you just don't want to open it because you know the first page is going to be read, 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 read. Yes. <laughs> and no, you just uh, dread, you do dread working on it. You really, you're nervous about working on it, but it's exciting at the same time because you know by the time you get through the first draft of the first edit, because people, there is more than one edit, trust me. Yeah, um, there's <laughs> hundreds, hundreds. <laughs> when, you, when you get past that first, uh, you've gone through everything before you give it back to the editor, it's like a, a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, I've done it. You know, some things I didn't agree with, some things I really did agree with, and we changed it and we made it, and it's, it's working now, um, so send it back let's look at the now the grammar and the punctuation and line edit and, and get that done before it goes yep. to beta readers so 
Honestly, people, by the time, an author, we can love our books. We absolutely adore our books. But by the time it's ready to be published, you don't want to read it anymore <laughs> because you've gone over the manuscript over and over and over again. We just want it published, finished with, and maybe we'll read it again in six months' time. Yes. And, and every author knows they've gone through it. When the reader actually holds that published book in their hand, it is not what the manuscript was. And again, um, yes, the creative editor, I'm very fortunate. I work with this incredible um, editor. She's gifted, Lynn Moon. And she will take the manuscript to such another level. It's all my story and my words, but they are able to see and just massage it and tweak it here and there. And it's something that, um, and again, I can never be an editor, but it's something I believe it's a gift for some people. <laughs> Editors are, are um, worth their weight in gold for what they do they for us authors. Um, yes. How they put up with us, um, how, they, <laughs> how they can connect to our story in our warped mind and they understand where we're coming from and they understand what we're, we're trying to uh, get over to the reader. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful that we can connect that like that with our editors. I mean, if you couldn't, then the book isn't going to be worth anything if you don't have that polished book. Right, and, and, and as an author, you do have to step back and be humbled and let them do their job because they do know what they're doing. Hey, but that doesn't mean we don't fight oh. for characters. <laughs> I mean, I, I can honestly tell you there, there have been several characters that I would just say, nope, keeping because I, who knows our storyline better than ourselves and how okay. important sometimes a character is to a storyline. So um, you have to have a, a give and take. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do. But um, after the editing, it comes with uh, proofreading, and then we have what we call beta readers. And for those that don't know about that, these are people that get the book before they get the uh, what we call the ARC copy, which is an advanced copy of the manuscript before it goes to get published. They read it because they're the ones that can see any tiny mistakes that the editors missed anything that we've missed as an yes. author. Um, they're the last people to read the book before it's published. And again, beta readers, some of the um, comments I've had from beta readers when I thought my manuscript was ready. And then I've listened to it and I went, oh, you're right. You know, yes. again, again, they needed and we need them and they're brilliant at doing what they do. Yes. And, and so, it's a long process to write a book, to get it ready, to publish it, to get it polished and to finally hold that copy in your hand is just an amazing, amazing feeling. And you've done it once and you're going to be doing it again very, very soon.
Yes, and you've done it, as you said, 14 times. <laughs> and then once we have that feeling of holding that book in our hands, reality sets in and you have to market your book and sell your book. That's exactly. a whole other job. Exactly. Books don't sell by themselves. No. Uh, you know, there's so many debut authors out there that are so happy. They've just published their book and they're now what? And, and that's why I come in with Author Assist. I'm the one yes. who will put them on the pathway, tell them what they need to do with their social media, with their marketing of themselves first, and then their book, which is really important, that the readers want to know who the author is um, and uh, before they put their hand in their pocket and uh, buy a book. So it's uh, very important that um, they market themselves and um, come across as who they generally are um, before they start buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, because mm -hmm. buy my book doesn't work anymore when there are millions no. of authors on exactly. social media all doing the same thing. We have to think out of the box. We have to come up with yes. some amazing marketing ideas that haven't been done before to get people's attention and to get them to read and buy the book. So exactly. I, I wish you all the best with the, the girl in the Twala wallpaper because it's such a, a unique um, adventure story that I think uh, young adults are going to enjoy, middle-aged are going to enjoy, male, female. I, I don't think your, your, your average reader, I think, for that book is anybody. Well, because I do, I have a coming of age love story. I have a 20 something, you know, I have a teenage love story in there. I have a first time 30 something love story in there. And unfortunately, a breakup, a divorce in there. So it's, it's generational. It spans two generations. So not only is it young adult, but as you said, it's 20 something, it's 30 something and um, an adventure. Brilliant. That's brilliant. I mean, it, it makes a marketplace huge for you to be able to. And of course, with doing things like this, you, you're talking, you're able to catch anyone around the world now with your book and, yes. and talk about it yes. and talk about your writing. It's, uh, you know. And, and, and the days have passed because of COVID where we would have just family and friends or you would do a book launch somewhere. And now that, that time has changed in a way. So what I plan to do with my book launch is um, I'm going to be teaming up with the, um, the Cat Foundation in um, Florida. And we're going, they're going to be naming new and coming kittens to be adopted after characters in The Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper. And I'm going to be giving away books and come adopt a cat or buy a book and let it go to, the, to this Cat Foundation. That's so I'm amazing. looking forward to that book launch. <laughs> that's, that is that's yeah, that is and we're, amazing. And we're going to try and, um, you know, what we're going to try to do is to get the local um, um, news people in and local radio and newsprint to help boost them yes. in their new locations. Exactly. So, and, hope, and that'll help me as well. I hope the publisher is really putting their, um, their weight in and getting this ready book, book yes, launch. And they it's are. Not, not all up to you. You know, yes. I hope they're um, 
So that's, that's really exciting. So yeah. when so so far so good. <laughs> when is this happening? When is the launch? Have you got a date, official date? Um, well, the book, as far as I know, will be as, you know, it's just come out of copy editing, The Girl in the Twelve Wallpaper. So as you said, it's going through that final proofing. It'll go to ARC. And I don't have a definitive, I, I have a date as of now, as of August um, for publishing. So sometime this fall, we'll do the book launch with the new location of the, the CAD Foundation. That's wonderful. And um, yep. Yeah, so um looking forward to it yeah that sounds and, so exciting and, and any of your audience that they can um find my book anywhere amazon barnes and nobles um they can visit my author website which is w amazing people you need to check out her website it's unbelievable fantastic Thank you so much. www.mary, M-A-R-Y-K-S-A-V-A-R-E-S-E dot com. Please visit my website. Get in touch with me. And uh, if there's anybody in your audience that wants to read my book and has a book group, I will join you when you get together with your friends. I'm more than happy because nowadays we've got the Zoom, we have FaceTime, we have Skype, and we can toast each other with Prosecco over the course <laughs> of, the, of the evening. So they can get in touch with me that way. But the book, my books are hardcover, softcover ebooks. So there's quite a bit of variety. And even if you just plug in the name, Tiger's Love, it'll come up. Love Bubble Bath. <laughs> because there's no book out there with the same no. title. That's what I exactly. love about your titles. It's so <laughs> unique. Um, thank you so much for coming on and being a guest on Behind the Pen. Um, I wish you all the best with the launch and with your books. Um, I hope people go over and check out the website because it's awesome. You're awesome. You're amazing. And thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you so much, Karina. You are amazing as well. And I appreciate my time with you and your audience. Thank you. Thank you.